You are Locked On Longhorns, your daily podcast on the Texas Longhorns. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Wednesday edition of the Locked On Longhorns podcast. I am your host, Patrick Gaughan. Follow me on Twitter at Pat Sports Guy. You can follow the show Locked On Horns on Twitter. Uh, I want to thank you for joining me today, where you can hear us right here on the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. Check us out on iTunes, Spotify, the new Odyssey app, which used to be radio.com. Check out all the different platforms or wherever you get your podcast. And thanks for making Locked On Longhorns part of your day so here we're gonna get it kicked off uh some bad news uh we found out yesterday horns 24 7 has put out a report that it looks like additional positive COVID 19 tests have uh have surfaced so it doesn't look like we're gonna get to see the texas longhorns back on the practice field for spring ball this week um you know we do know that they paused practice a week ago due to the first set of uh, positive tests, multiple positive tests within the program. They were expected to do their virtual meetings uh, while they were con- you know, doing contact tracing, more tests to figure out kind of when it was going to be happening. Uh, and then Chip Brown uh, reported that there were additional tests. Um, you know, we haven't really seen a lot of positive news when it comes to spring football. I know there was a lot of excitement about the program uh, Steve Sarkeesian's first year, but unfortunately, the spring is not going well. Uh, obviously, it didn't go well last year because obviously they didn't have a spring football because of COVID-19. Uh, also, you know, we have the, uh, during the first practice, Jake Smith suffered a broken foot, and then we learned that Juwan Mitchell may be leaving the program. So it's a lot of negative news uh, right now. Um, you know, so that's the unfortunate side effect right now with this COVID-19. Uh, unfortunate as it is because, like we said, Steve Sarkeesian is not really able to get off of the ground. He's not able to um, get into get into a groove, you know, and, and, and figure out what they're doing at the quarterback situation. What are they doing at wide receiver? How is the offensive line going to look? What are they going to do on defense? How does that look? They're not really getting to do all that. They're having to do the virtual meeting, so none of the practice field, which is really where you find out, right? I mean, you can sit in meetings all day long, and, and you can make sure you know all of your progressions as a quarterback or all your uh, assignments on defense or assignments on the offensive line. Uh, you can talk through those things but until you actually get on the field and put them into action. It's I'm not going to say it's impossible to do it, but it just makes it a little more difficult. Uh, let's get to some positive news. Uh, Adam Schefter reported um, on Tuesday night, the former Texas quarterback Colt McCoy will be signing with the Arizona Cardinals. He will back up uh, Kyler Murray uh, after spending a season uh, in in New York last year, uh, played in four games, started two in place of Daniel Jones, uh, threw for 375 yards, a touchdown, and one interception. Now heading out west. Obviously, he's going to have quarterback Kyler Murray is going to be his starter. Um, and also, who who doesn't love more Big 12 storylines, right? His head coach is now Cliff Kingsbury, uh, former Texas Tech quarterback who went on to become uh, the head coach at Texas Tech, now the head coach for the Arizona Cardinals. That's where they're leaning right now. Uh leaning uh that's you know that's where cliff is now so now we got this whole big 12 vibe going on out in arizona with cliff kingsbury kyler murray and now 
Colt McCoy joining the quarterback uh, room. That's going to be interesting. The other two quarterbacks, uh, Chris Strelever, I believe is how you say his name, and Cole McDonald were the other two quarterbacks. I would fully expect that Colt McCoy to be QB2, uh, backup Kyler Murray uh, for, for the team, for the Arizona Cardinals. So that's the news that we have on that front. Uh, let's talk a little NFL draft real quick. Uh, obviously, one quarterback that is in the NFL draft is a, a former Texas quarterback in Sam Ellinger. Uh, Fox College Sports Analyst Joel Klatt ranks. Uh, where, where did he rank? If you had to take a guess, where would you put Sam Ellinger in this class? Obviously, we're going to start at number 10 here. We have Ian Book, Notre Dame. Uh, 12 games last year, threw for 2,830 passing yards, 15 touchdowns, and 3 interceptions. He came in at number 10. Then we had David uh, Davis Mills, Stanford, in 5 games, threw for over 1,500 yards, 7 touchdowns, 3 interceptions. He, he came in at number 9 in the list. And at number 8, we have Sam Ellinger, who threw for over 2,500 yards, 26 touchdowns, only 5 interceptions. Uh, he is listed just behind Texas A&M's Kellen Mond at number 7. Kyle Trask comes in at number six. You have Mac Jones at number five. I, I, th- I find that interesting. He's number five, uh, mostly because all the rumors and mock drafts and quarterback ratings out there lead me to believe that he's going to be a top ten pick uh, in in San Francisco. Moving up in the draft, that could be a spot for him. I really like that with former Texas Longhorn, uh, now head coach. Uh, Kyle Shanahan, I think you know, I think that might be a good fit for him. Uh, Trey Lance out of North Dakota State, who played 16 games in 2019, threw for 2,800 yards, 20, almost 2,800 yards, 28 touchdowns, no interceptions. So he's he's sitting there at number four. Number three, they have Zach Wilson, BYU. Uh, he's got a quick release. I love his release. He's highly competitive. I love his game. That's what Clad had to say on him. We're gonna go back to. Ellinger in just a moment. Just want to run through this list real quick. Uh, Justin Fields, Ohio State, eight games. He threw for twenty-one hundred yards, twenty-two touchdowns, six interceptions. Uh, so Clat has him at number two. No surprise because number one is going to be Trevor Lawrence out of Clemson, and we all know a uh, a guy that we thought might be the head coach at Texas, Urban Meyer, uh, is going to draft him number one overall. I mean, it's not even a it's not even a question at this point. We know who's going number one. Uh, let's bring up uh, what. Uh, you know, Sam Ellinger. I think when you talk about Sam and, and his NFL prospects, I mean, they're not great, right? I mean, Sam is a good quarterback, but I, I think he needs the NFL evaluation. I need, I think he needs the NFL uh, development. He was never going to get that development under Tom Herman, obviously. Uh, Tom Herman had a, uh, was unable to develop anybody, and that's why I'm really excited about Steve Sarkeesian because you've seen the development with him, with his players. And I think this is going to be good for Sam. Where does he go in the draft? I don't know. I could see a late two, maybe in the compensatory round. Somebody taking a chance on him. But I think he's an early day three guy. I think round four is probably a good spot for Sam Ellinger to be interesting. Uh, A team like the Dallas Cowboys who lost Andy Dalton, who is now in Chicago as the starting quarterback there. Uh, What are they going to do at the backup situation? I could see a situation where they they put him there, uh, have him learn from Dak Prescott. There's a multiple teams that you could look at and say, you know, I, I think this is where, I think this is where he could go. You know, I, I, I really like what he could do. I mean, he brings the leadership intangibles. He's highly competitive, you know, so when you, when you look at that, I think, I think those would be good spots for him. I really, I really, really do. Uh, but let me tell you, 
about our friends over at Built Bar. I know you're excited. We got Built Bar Madness going on. We've been telling you about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market for a while now. Built Bar is amazing, low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, amazing tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on all bars. Now's the time to find out which Built Bar is the best. We're talking Built Bar Madness. Today's matchup, we got mint brownie. And you know what? It doesn't matter who they're going up against because I'm just going to tell you right now, mint brownie. That's the one to go with. It's fantastic. I love it. It's got that thin mint flavor. Just go with them. That's what I'm telling you. Go with them. Go to builtbar.com or bar underscore built on Twitter. Remember, use our promo code LOCK1515, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, to get 15% off your next order. That is LOCK15 to get 15% off your next order at builtbar.com. And check back to see who won today's matchup and who will become the best tasting protein bar on the market. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today with the host, Peter Bukowski. He updates you on the latest news. Every major sporting event with our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Audacity app or wherever you get your podcast. All right, so let's dive in here. Let's start talking about Shaka Smart uh, made some comments uh, recently. And I thought it was interesting because Shaka Smart, who's now gone to Marquette to take a job, you know, I thought it was really interesting that Shaka Smart had some comments he wanted to say uh, in regards to filling out the the attendance. And that was one thing he said when you know when you're uh, when you're not winning, you're not going to fill out any arena, right? So. Uh, the fact that he he said he, you never take it for granted granted uh, when it comes to filling out the arena because he did that at VCU for six years and he talked about the uh, having a hundred straight. This is what he said: I was at VCU for six years and we had a sellout streak over a hundred when I left. I learned not to take that for granted that the arena was full. All right, so I thought that was interesting here. So I I, I took it as a shot, right? He's taking a shot at Texas at the fans for not filling out the arena. What is he what did he expect? Honestly, Let, let's start there. Uh let's let's talk about the fact that you never won an NCAA tournament game. Uh do we do we want to bring that up? The fact that you were over uh in NCAA tournament, the only postseason tournament game that you won was when you win the NIT back in 2018. Is that supposed to get people excited to come out and watch you? Uh no, it's not. It's not going to get you excited. So we're talking about you've never won an NCAA tournament game. Uh, during your six years, five years, you were you could have went to the tournament. Two, you missed them. So you're only getting to the tournament 60% of the time for as much money as you're getting paid and as highly touted as you were shock and smart. Uh, where were you at on that one? Because you're only getting in 60% of the time. You should get in every time, every year. I think we you talk about the facilities that Texas have, and I know they're building a new arena, uh, better facilities. But you look at his recruiting, and he's getting these one and done guys to go on to the NBA. But they, you didn't see it. You didn't see it with a Greg Brown. You didn't see in this past year was his most talented team that he's had since being in Austin. What did he do? He went one and done as a number three seed after winning the Big Twelve tournament. And got knocked out by Abilene Christian. Uh, that's huge. 
How about this? I thought this was interesting. Taylor Gasper Estes of 24-7. She put out never winning an NCAA tournament. Talking about this, the track record. Two, missing two of the five years the tourney was played. Again, both points that I made. Uh, point number three, crumbling mid to late season. We've seen this every year. It wasn't just a one-time deal. They get off to a hot start. They were a top five basketball team, but where did they end up by the end of the season? Uh, and I kind of feel like they got bailed out by the COVID-19 test uh, with Kansas. I'm not going to say that they were going to lose that game against Kansas, but Kansas is a tough out regardless, and they were one of the hotter teams uh, towards the end of the season. Uh, the, you know, And Texas was the only team that really handed them a loss in that last month-plus of the season. Uh, so you look at that. That would have been a tough matchup. Uh, do I think he would have won that game? I don't know. We really don't know. But the point is, uh, mid to late season, he crumbles. And, and it made me think that that's probably, probably would have happened again. Because, honestly, COVID saved his job last year. Because I think he should have got fired. Yeah, he won that game against Texas Tech to form a game to force the, them to play Texas Tech again in the Big 12 tournament. Obviously, the game was canceled. I think if he would have lost that game, he would have got fired. So I think it really saved him. Uh, oh, and she also says... He pocketed $18-plus plus million So they paid you a lot of money to not win basketball games, is what it sounds like. Uh, Shaka Smart needs to uh, do a better job keeping his mouth shut, uh, do a better job of, you know, putting in the effort to make that to make that Texas basketball program better, and he didn't. He didn't. Meanwhile, Vic Schaefer comes in the first season, and he leads the women's basketball team to the Elite Eight. Uh, you know, so... That's that's where we're at. And let's talk about the women's basketball team. They had a fantastic year under Vic Schaefer. He's done a marvelous job of building that team, and they're only going to get better. They're uh, having some of the top recruits come into Texas to play in Austin for Vic Schaefer, a guy who knows how to get there. I mean, yeah, they ran into a buzzsaw called the South Carolina, uh, a team that is religiously up there. They are constantly uh, in, the, in the NCAA tournament, deep runs, playing for national championships. That's a that's a heck of a basketball team and a hat tip to them. South Carolina Lady Gamecocks, they do a fantastic job. Uh, and, and they knocked out the Texas Longhorns, who honestly weren't even expected to be there. If you looked at the bet, the betonline.ag, if you looked at their uh, odds, they weren't even supposed to beat the last team that they played uh, in Maryland. So, you know, it was interesting to see that they made it as far as they did, and I think it's only going to get better. Charlie Collier was fantastic this past year. Uh, I think Celeste Taylor is only going to get better. Uh, they've got a, a handful of other girls on that team who are, who are fantastic, and I think uh, I think they're going to be even better next year. I mean, I, I would expect another Elite Eight, Final Four type run. Why? Because of what Vic Schaefer's doing, and that's something that the men need to do. So they got to figure out what they're going to do. Who's going to be the head basketball coach for the men? Uh, and I don't even know where we go with that because – I mean, we've heard the reports right now that Chris Beard has met with Texas, and he's kind of mulling his options. Does he stay at Texas Tech, or does he go to Texas, his alma mater? We'll see how kind of how that plays out. That's going to be interesting to see which route they go uh, when it comes to the the men's basketball head coach. Um, and and it, it I can tell you that a Brooklyn Nets assistant interviewed for the head coaching job, and we're talking about Royal Ivory, uh, so, you know, they're, they're going to be moving forward. I think they have to do something quickly uh, because of everything that's going on uh, with the team. They, they've got to find a, a head coach, put him in place, because what are they going to do about recruiting? Those type of things are going to be coming up, and they're going to need to do it uh, fairly quickly so that they can get their team 
all set and ready to go. All right, so let me tell you about Bet Online. We were just talking about the the odds and how the Texas women's basketball team wasn't expected to win their last game, the uh, game before last, and they won to get into the Elite Eight and obviously lost to South Carolina. But Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to get all your sports action. Now, football might be over, uh, but NBA, college basketball, Final Four, NHL, full swing. Uh, you know, baseball season's coming. Bet Online even covers awards, TV shows. In reality TV, what I want you to do is go to the website and use that promo code locked on L O C K D O N. They're going to give you a 50% welcome bonus. That's a fantastic way to do it. It's free to sign up. Uh, you get real time updated odds and props on almost everything you can imagine. Bet Online also has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bet, and it's absolutely free. Head on over to the website, betonline.ag, or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sports books experts. Are you ready for the NFL Draft? Join the Locked On NFL Draft host Trevor Sikama, Benjamin Solek, as they give you their latest positional rankings, analysis on the 2021 draft prospects with team-centric guest mocks right around the corner. Follow the Locked On NFL Draft podcast on the Audacity app or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, we just talked about bet online, so let's get into some of those odds uh, presented by BetOnline. Uh, .ag, uh, we're going to be talking about who's favored to get the Texas Longhorns head coaching job. We're going to start from the bottom. We're going to work our way up. Uh, we have Rick Patino at 12-1 to odds, uh, according to BetOnline.ag. That was an interesting name there. Uh, the next one is Kelvin Sampson. And if you remember that name, he's obviously the former Oklahoma Sooners head coach who went on to Indiana. Spent some time in the NBA as an assistant. Came back. Back in 2014. Took over Houston. Oh, by the way, he's got Houston in the Final Four. Uh, so, he's a, he's a heck of a coach. I think this might be his best coaching job. I mean, he was in the Final Four with Oklahoma back in 2002, I believe. And so, you know, he's got the experience. Would he be a guy that could potentially come? Uh, it could happen. Uh, it could happen. I, I think it's going to be Beard, but we'll get into him in a minute. Um uh, Kelvin Sampson, 12-1. to 1. The other is Porter Moser at 10-1. to 1. If you don't know him, he's the head coach at Loyola, Chicago. Uh, had another Sweet 16 run. Uh, he's doing fantastic. How about John Beeline, uh, former Michigan coach. He was last in the NBA with Cleveland Cavaliers and stepped down last year. Does he want to get back in the coaching game? You have to think about it. He's 68 years old. Is he going to want to, to do that? And how long do you stick with a coach that's 68 years old? I'm not trying to be ageist or anything, but... At that point, is he not looking to coach? Uh, you know, how long does he want to do it? Uh, those are questions that you have to answer. Uh, Mike Boynton, the head coach at Oklahoma State, would he go to Texas? That's a big question. Uh, and you see what he's doing with Oklahoma State right now. You think that's good? Uh, we're going to run through these next set of names: Brad Underwood, eight to one; Eric Musselman, fifteen to two; Russell Springman, seven to one. Uh, how about this one? This is a funny one: John Calipari, eleven to two odds. Is he going to come to Texas? I doubt it. But if he did, you know you're going to be under NCAA sanctions within three, four years. Uh, he's a name to consider, I guess. Royal Ivy has five to one odds. He's the he's the assistant from the Brooklyn Nets that we talked about, and, and Kevin Durant thinks that it'd probably be a good idea to get him. Uh, you know, he hasn't coached at the NCAA level, but uh, you know, how much does that matter? I mean, most of these guys are going, or you hope most of these guys are going to go to the NBA, and Texas has a a 
affinity for sending players to the NBA. We've seen it with Kevin Durant, the one and dones, the Muhammad Bambas, and and obviously Greg Brown is, is going to be the next one. Uh, Chris Beard is one to one odd, so it's almost it feels like it's a done done deal. You know, that's that's interesting that they have them at one to one. Uh, you know, so and, and I, I think it's funny because you have some carryover if you look also. Oklahoma has similar odds, but uh, you have John Balon is on there. Uh, and Kellen Sampson, Kelvin's son, is on the list, as well as Porter Moser, Frank Martin, Grant McCaskin. Uh, there's some names. It's interesting because both of these teams are looking for a head coach at the same time. Those are those are the betting odds, according to our friends at betonline.ag. Make sure, like we said, uh, use that promo code Locked On when you go sign up. You get a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit it is uh if you want to make a little money and i I would say chris beard but you know who's the dark horse here that's the big question who's the dark horse if chris beard says no i I don't know where to lean uh so easy money says it's chris beard all right before we get out of here we're gonna talk a little football news 24 7 analyst brad crawford recently put his five potential playoff busters college football playoff busters crashers party crashers we can really call them uh, in 2021, do these teams, are the are they teams that have a viable option here? Or a viable option to be there? Uh, I thought it was interesting here, uh, a quote from uh, from our friend Brad Crawford of 24-7. Very few first-year coaches this season inherit a roster quite like Steve Sarkeesian with the Longhorns, who bring back a bevy of possible all-conference playmakers on both sides of the football and feel good about their situation at quarterback despite losing multi-year starter Sam Elliott. Uh, Sarkeesian knows he's in a win-now situation with the players that Tom Herman recruited in Texas. Won't be an easy out for either of the Big 12's projected Titans at the top of the conference. Uh, in fact, there's a chance the Longhorns could be 5-0 and and ranked inside the top 10 heading into the Oklahoma showdown in October if all goes well early. That's fair. Uh, there's always going to be two, potentially three, barometer games on the schedule for Sarkeesian and Longhorns annually, and these matchups fall this season across consecutive weeks uh we're talking about oklahoma oklahoma state and iowa state texas must find a way to get at least two wins across in that trio to stay in front of the big 12 championship race as a potential playoff contender if not the longhorns could at least fit the playoff pressure role and try to derail the sooners or cyclones from getting to the final four you often hear about the sec west being known as college football's black and blue division but if you're looking for a conference deserving of that title from top to bottom the big 12 is where it resides. You know, it's interesting. He also mentioned uh, other teams, Miami, UCLA, Texas, obviously. LSU is a party crasher, which is interesting to me because they won the national championship not even two years ago. Uh, But they've got a long way to go. And they also have listed here, which is interesting, uh, Mac Brown's current team, North Carolina. That that would be an interesting playoff crasher. I think Sam Howell, I think he's the number two guy when it comes to Heisman frontrunners right behind Oklahoma's Spencer Rattler. Uh, we'll kind of see how that fits, but uh, if they have a quarterback that that's good, that is that good, and he can find a way to win some of those games that maybe they couldn't a year ago, uh, maybe they have a chance. Maybe they have a chance. I mean, they did get into a New Year's Six Bowl last year. Unfortunately, didn't go their way against Texas A&M, uh, but UNC under Mac Brown are trending in the right direction, and they could. Uh, the Texas one is interesting to me. I think it all depends on the quarterback and uh, figuring out who's going to rush the passer. How does this new look defense with Pete Kwiatkowski how does that all come together it's going to be interesting it's going to be something to watch but that's going to do it for this edition of the Locked On Longhorns podcast right here on the Locked On Podcast Network where it's your team every day Uh, that's going to do it for me I'll catch you tomorrow
Welcome.